Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. If you're new here, I want to just thank you for coming out, man. Thank you all for making us a part of your weekend here at Velocity Church. If we've never met, my name is Bubba Morgan. I'm one of the pastors here at Velocity Church. Uh, Senior pastor, Pastor Arthur here as well. We just want to thank you for coming out and making us a part of your week. And I know it takes, you know, it takes courage to take a step out and say, I'm going to go check out a church. You know, it's, it's kind of the unknown, especially when a church meets in a movie theater. And maybe some of you, this is your first time to do this. You're like, what in the world is that going to be like? Well, you know, yeah, we got the concession stands open. We got this, you know, it works, right? Comfortable seating. Praise God for this movie theater. Um, and it's been such a blessing for our church to be able to meet here week in and week out. Uh, it's been a great place to facilitate uh, as we're getting ready to build our own place and, and doing that. I, I mentioned it in the, in the first service. I want to mention it to you guys as well. Uh, be in prayer. Continued prayer. Um, we're, we're believing that there's going to be some big things happening this year with our building project. Our building team is praying in belief. We're, we're working things uh, logistically behind the scenes. But the main thing and the most important thing is that we're seeking God. We're saying, God, what do you want us to do? Where are you calling us? Where are you leading us in doing this? And just seeking him wholeheartedly in all of this. And so just be in continued prayer church as we continue to walk through doors that we take those steps to the door that the Lord is leading and that he'll close doors he doesn't want us to step into as well. But exciting times. Also, want to just reiterate something that Danny mentioned earlier. Uh, February 18th, we're calling it Mission Sunday. And our uh, longtime friends and partners over at Globelink Foundation, Danny and Sue James, they're going to be here at our church. Uh, Globelink, we've partnered with them for years now, and they've done an incredible work in Ghana, Africa. Uh, they're working in so many different capacities over there. I mean, their family has dedicated their life to being there. And I'm so excited uh, to have them come in and share some updates of some really awesome things they've been working, uh, like the schools that they're building for the students over there. Those schools, not only are they building education, but they're all, or growing in education, but they're also learning about Jesus. And this is the most, the most important thing, but, but also taking care of some essentials and what they do over there. And that comes from the giving of our church and us having a generous church who gives faithfully, and then it's part of our outreach that we give back to them. And so I'm really excited to have them come out, and I'd love to have you be here on February 18th. It's the Sunday after Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but man, hey, come on out. We'd really, really love to have you join us on Mission Sunday, and that we can really welcome them in. He's going to have a, I'm sure he's going to have a booth set up out there with some things he brought back from Ghana and some different updates and some cool things that they're doing over there. So it's really, really, really exciting. And so looking forward to that. And, and church, how many of you know this has been a pretty wild month to start off a new year? It has. It's been a busy month. I saw somebody posted, and I, I can't remember who it was, somebody posted on Facebook the other day in our church something about it, it feels like, like January's gone on forever. Okay, I'm there. This feels like it's been an entire year in this month. But man, I just want to say, as one of the pastors here, I am so proud of Velocity Church and how we have been the church this month with our church family. There have been things that have gone on. There have been things that have happened in the life of church. 
we've had situations go on, and you guys have pressed in in prayer, pressed in in generosity, uh, just in devotion to one another. And it's incredible. It's actually what we're going to be talking about today here in the book of Acts. It's, it's a lot of what we're seeing our church family doing right now. So I just want to thank you for being a generous, loving church that we get to be a part of. And it's a blessing to be here at Velocity Church. It's a blessing to be a part and to be a part of this family. And so thank you for being that kind of church. Um, I, I want to get started today. We've been in the book of Acts. I've really enjoyed the last two weeks in the book of Acts. And um, we're not going through this series verse by verse. If we went verse by verse, we'd be in the book of Acts for about a couple years. Uh, if you know anything, like you know, if you come to Velocity Church, you've, you've learned we take our time kind of dissecting the Word and dissecting Scripture, and so we, we, we get through what we can. But here is something that we can do is, even though we're not able to go verse by verse or necessarily chapter by chapter through the book of Acts, that's perfect devotion time for us just in our you know, everyday lives. You know, if you're looking for a spot to start, go in, get into Acts, get into the book of Acts. Get into some of those chapters maybe that we're having to move past or we're having to, you know, m move on to the next. Uh, and just take the time to kind of read through some of those chapters. You know, just in your time of devotion is a good, good place to start. But if you brought your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 2. That's where we're going to be at today. And uh, we're actually going to be in the back portion. We're going to end chapter 2. For those of you who maybe you've missed the last couple weeks or maybe missed a week, um, and you need to get caught up, I'm going to do a quick recap of what's happened. Very, very brief summary of kind of what's, what we've learned and what's going on. So Acts chapter 1, Jesus, he's promised uh, the disciples. What has he promised them? The coming of the Holy Spirit, right? He says, I'm going to send the helper. Jesus ascends into heaven. They have to go, and they have to do what? Something that nobody likes to do. Wait. Wait for what? Wait for the Holy Spirit. And why do they need to wait for the Holy Spirit? Because apart from the Holy Spirit, it's possible for us to do the mission of God. And it was the same for them. They wait for the Holy Spirit to do the mission of God. And so they, they wait. And then at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit shows up. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about something that they didn't even really have a category for understanding what something like baptism in the Holy Spirit would be. But we see that God moves in a mighty way. A rushing wind enters. They start speaking in unknown languages and foreign tongues, which is a type of tongue that we learn here. It's not uh, the way the Holy Spirit works in every way, but this is a type of tongue where they speak in this, in this unknown, or in the, these known languages, I'm sorry, not unknown, these known languages, right, but not known to them. And so they, they're speaking in these, in these languages and people are just like, wow, you don't speak my language, but you're speaking it. And they're just amazed by it. And there's a massive move going on here. And then really what chapter 2 is, is it's Peter's sermon. And I'm going to just tell you something. Peter preaches it, and he preaches it straight up, just truth. He brings it in boldness, and it's a powerful sermon. There's a lot of people present while Peter's preaching, and we'll see why we know that here in just a bit. But I'm actually going to start in verse 36, and I don't believe 36 is up there. Uh, really, I was going through 37 through 47, but I'm going to go ahead and read verse 36 just to give you a little taste of the end of Peter's sermon so you can see the boldness here. So Acts chapter 2, verse 36, this is what it says. This is Peter. He says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Man, in other words, what Peter's saying is, hey, listen, 
This Jesus who you rejected, who you crucified, who you turned away from, who you crucified, this Jesus is Lord. Now, you, you, you sit there and you read that in 2024 and you're like, okay, great, Peter. Like, that's a great sermon. Let me just tell you, Jesus laid his life down. For, for, for what? Why did they try to crucify Jesus? Why did they crucify Jesus? What was the reason? What was the, for his claim of being the Son of God. What is Peter declaring here? To a massive crowd. He is Lord, right? And he is not pulling any punches. He is very bold, very direct. Hey, by the way, I want to let everybody know. I want to let them all know. All of y'all, this is what he's saying. He's, he's, he's very direct. You, this Jesus you crucified, he is Lord. That's the boldness that he's carrying in this message. And it's like, whoo, what's the response going to be from that? That's where we're going to pick up in verse 37. How do the people respond to this boldness? Which we know the boldness comes from what? Holy comes from the Holy Spirit. Is Peter perfect? No. That's the beautiful thing about our God. He uses imperfect people all the time. He uses imperfect systems. God doesn't need the perfect conditions to do something incredible. He can use whatever he wants, whoever he wants. And we see that time and time again in Scripture. So here's where we pick up in verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were, what does it say? cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What's, what's the response? What happens when they hear this? Are they offended? I can't believe you would say that, Peter. I can't believe you'd think that way about us. No, they're not offended. They don't go into this. That's what our culture does. Who cuts the heart of these people? It's the power of the Holy Spirit through the words of Peter. Cuts to the heart. And what are they experiencing in the cut of the heart? That's conviction. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll convict us of sin. He'll convict us of things in our lives to say, I don't want you to continue doing that. You don't need to keep doing, you don't need to keep saying that. You don't need to keep, you know, you don't need to keep going down this path because this isn't the path that's best for you. And that's how we, we let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us in all things. But, but often the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. He cuts to their heart and it says, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what do they say? Brothers, what shall we do? Now that's such a statement of humility. Well, what should we do? That's, that's not a place of pride. They're not approaching this in a place of pride whatsoever. What, 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 brothers, what should we do? That's the question they're asking. We've heard in light of this message you've given us, in light of this truth that we've received by the power of God, what is our response? What should we do, brothers? And he says, uh, in verse 38, Peter said to them, what's his response? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's two things. It tells them to do what first? Repent. Picture of repentance. What is repentance? That's when we're turning and we're doing what when we turn? We're turning toward Jesus. We're facing Jesus. Now, it's like the double side of a coin. As we turn and face Jesus, what are we turning away from? Sin. We're turning away from that old way of thinking, that old life. And we, we look to Jesus. And so as we walk toward Jesus, as we look to Jesus, we move farther and farther away from that old life and that old way of thinking, that old way of living. And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, he says, be baptized. What, what people do 
and they build theologies on this. This is not something that our church subscribes to, but they, they'd point to this and go, see, Peter's telling them in order to be saved, you got to go through the mechanics of baptism, and people develop a whole theology where they believe that baptism saves you. And that's where, you know, ch- child baptism comes in, infant baptism, those kinds of teachings, those kinds of thoughts. We don't prescribe to that kind of teaching because we believe the Bible is very clear that we're saved by faith and faith alone in Jesus. As a matter of fact, you don't have to look any farther than the thief on the cross. He didn't have to climb down off the cross and go get baptized, right? Peter, Peter he's, not, he's not saying you must be baptized. This is, this is the mechanics of being baptized. Baptism is an external expression of an inward decision. You've put your faith in Jesus, so the natural response is I'm going to be baptized, Right? The natural response is, yeah, I'm going yeah, to go public with this. I'm going to tell people I know Jesus because what he's done for me, what he's done for my life. And so this is why you have to interpret the word of God with the word of God. You can't just take a scripture and go, I think this is what it means, and then develop a whole theology off of that. You've got to let the Bible teach the Bible. Well, also in, in 2 Peter, and I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it's 2 Peter 3, Peter talks about baptism, but he talks of it as not being an act of just simply mechanics of dirt cleansing. And what he means by that is you're not cleansed by the mechanics of being baptized. So just, just kind of want to put that out there so you guys understand kind of what we're talking about here. Baptism is the response of the believer. It's the natural response. When we say, I've accepted Jesus, that's happened. You're saved. You're born again. And then you say, okay, I'm going to be baptized. It goes on to say this, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Now, if you brought your Bible, you can underline all who are far off, everyone, because guess who that's talking about? It's talking about us. That's me. The promise is for, for all of us. Man, this is good news. In verse 40, And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Wow. So what's happening here? The church is exploding. It's expanding. Massive growth happening in, in an instant, right? How many people do we know? And we learned this last week. How many people, Jesus followers, are present? 120. About 120. So in one day, about 3,000 souls added. That's about... 2,400% increase in the church in one day. Massive move, massive impact. And it was through the power of this sermon that uh, Peter preaches by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just incredible. So this is a, this is a big moment, right? This is a, a big moment in the church. And then what happens after that when we get to verse, uh, verse 42? And this is kind of where I want us to have a hyper-focus today as we read through the rest of this. Because we have this big response. All these people come to Jesus. It's a big, you know, big response, big massive moment here. But now, how do they live this thing out? How do they, how do they actually live this out now? You know, I think a lot of times, if we're not careful, we can just, as the church, just live for the big moments, but then neglect to live this out in a daily walk with Jesus in daily relationship with him, in community with one another, and what it means to be a spirit-filled church. Have you ever asked the question before, what does it mean to be a spirit-filled church? 
You see all, all the time. If you look online, you see the church, a spirit-filled church, or this church. I'm looking for a, a you know, non-denominational spirit-filled church. But what, what, is, what does it mean to be a spirit-filled church? There's really not a better place we can look than right here in Acts with the early church. Something to note, too, in Acts is this, is that, you know, we're here at Velocity Church. The really cool thing is we're just, this church is just a continuation of what the Lord was doing then. Isn't that incredible? Like, way, way back here, it's like we're just living this thing out. We're still the church of Jesus uh, things look a little bit different. The setup's a little bit different. But we're living in this continuation of what the Lord is doing here in Acts as the church. And we're still believing for those things. So what does a spirit-filled church look like? Now, let me just say this real quick. Some people hear spirit-filled and they already have preconceived ideas. They're like, y'all are those crazy people who I see on TV asking to give all their money away to. Y'all are those people that are just getting wild. I'm just telling you, that's what the, the preconceived idea, because you've been in churches before where you saw things and you were like, what was that? And it freaked you out. And you were like, I'm not down with all that. I don't get that. There's some people who are maybe a little more introverted naturally. And you're like, yeah, no, that seems, whoa, I'm not ready for that, right? Seems, seems really liberal and really loose, okay? Um, you know, but let, let, me just, let me just tell you, because I... I think that we get these preconceived ideas of what it means, but it's important to know that, man, apart from the Holy Spirit, church, we, we don't, there's no power apart from him. Amen. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. Don't, don't allow things that you've seen from imperfect people in imperfect systems let you build a whole way of thinking and theology about everything, kind of just with a broad stroke of a brush go, I'm going to throw all of that kind of thinking out. Because if we're not careful, that can happen. And we can start to develop, you know, these, these different ways of thinking within ourselves where this is, the, the reason I think this way is because of <laughs> that wild service I was at one time. And now I just don't believe. And what happens is for some people, they completely cut off the power of God altogether. And they're like, we're good with God the Father. We're good with God the Son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, they're not about it. Let me just tell you right now. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune. It's the Trinity, okay? So, so listen, here at Velocity, we desire authentic encounters of God the Holy Spirit, but we're not chasing, we're not, we're not chasing things. We're not trying to fabricate or chase things like that, but we seek God the Holy Spirit to move in powerful ways in this church. We stand on that and we believe for that. So what does it look like to be a Spirit-filled church? Now we're going to get real practical on what they talk about here and I just pray that you'd go with me here, really dive into this as we dig in here and, uh, and, and what we can take away from this. And so here's what it says, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Isn't that just a beautiful picture right there? So here's, here's what I have here, and I'm just going to break this down into five points or 
five marks of a spirit-filled church. This is what I think we can take from this and what we can learn reading in this passage. is number one this. A spirit-filled church is a learning church. It's a learning church. What do I mean by that? It starts out in verse 42. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Meaning this, they were devoted to growing. They wanted to learn. They, they were a learning church. They, they, here's, here's what happens. Whenever you're like, okay, I think there's something to learn. What, what does it take to have a desire to learn? It takes humility. It takes humility. The, the biggest force against learning is pride. It's this idea of there's nothing left for me to learn. And what happens is pride, it's like these guardrails that we put up in our minds where we're like, this is the way I think, please don't affect this because this is how I was, this is how I was taught, this is how I was raised, this is how I think. But they were a devoted church to learning, to learning the Word of God, to studying the, the Scripture, to, to being at church, to being gathered together, to learning the apostles' teaching. So, so a learning church is a humble church. They both go hand in hand. Let me tell you why they're humble. I can tell you why they're humble. Who are they learning from? They're learning by the power of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Who are these guys? They're in their 20s. They're uneducated. Peter's a fisherman. And they're submitting under that authority to learn through this guy. Don't you think there were some people that were like, you know, naturally, they would be like, man, I got... I ain't listening to that scrappy kid tell me anything. Come on, let's be real. But that's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a change. It's not the same. You, you have a willingness to learn. Like, okay, it's a learning church. A desire, a hunger to learn more about Jesus, to learn more about his word. I can't tell you the number of people I've talked to they give their lives to Jesus. Man, they are on fire. They're hungry. You know what they're hungry for? They're hungry for God's word. They want to know what this means. And all of a sudden, the light bulb starts turning on. All of a sudden, they start reading it. It starts coming alive, and it just starts, wow. And they start seeing these things. It's just incredible to see. But we have to fight against the spirit of pride. And the power to do that is through the Holy Spirit. And, and so a, a part of being a spirit-filled church is that we're a learning church. We humble ourselves to say, yeah, there's, there's some areas that I need to grow deeper. There's some areas where I need to say, yeah, Lord, where, you know, what are you trying to teach me in this season? Where are you trying to take me? We don't, not every Sunday should just be an all amen Sunday. Sometimes you're going to hear things that make you go, hmm, that kind of didn't make me feel that great. Kind of made my toes curl when he said that. Either I get offended or I press on right? The world we live in likes to get offended. Just be real. Offense, offended. Ah, oh, he said something. I, I don't know about that. I'm running with that one, right? But humbling ourselves. Let me just tell you, as one of the pastors here, I got a lot to learn. This guy right here has a lot of growing. I got a lot to learn myself, all of us. Because as the body of Christ, we never should stop growing. We should never stop learning. No matter how long you've been in the church, whether you're a brand new follower of Jesus, or you've been saved for 75 plus years. We should continue to desire just growth and learning God's word, learning who he is and 
and, and growing in that way. And that's, that's what a spirit-filled church does. But the second thing is this, is so they were a learning church, they were also a loving church. Now, he, here's, here's the point. You can't just be a learning church without being a loving church. Let me tell you why. If you're just a learning church, you're not a loving church, you become a Pharisee church. You get all the knowledge, get all the, I got all this knowledge, but I don't act it out. I don't actually do it. I don't actually do what the word is telling me to do. That's why it's so important to be together in a body of believers in a church community like this, to gather together in a church like this, because we actually get to practice what we learn in the fellowship of the believers, in the fellowship of this body. It's an incredible thing. They're a loving church, but we see this very clearly in Scripture. What are they doing? They do everything together. They hang out together. They, you know, they spend time together. They, they take communion together. They worship together. They pray together. It says they go to the temple together, right? You and I are called to have this kind of fellowship with one another. We're not called to be isolated Christians. We're not called to just, you know, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to isolate myself. We're not called for that. We're called for community. We're called to be together. We're called to do life together as the church. That's why when, when COVID happened and churches shut down and there were many people who took that as an opportunity. It's like, I'm never going back. I've talked to people before who ask, where do you go to church? And they say a church is like, that church is on the other side of the country. What do you mean you go to? Well, I join in online. Well, online churches, there's some benefits to online church. Sometimes people can't. They have to attend online, and that's a great resource and a great tool. Sometimes, you know, you miss or, or things like that. But it's never a replacement for the gathering for the gathering of belief. It's never meant to replace the fellowship. How many of you know we're not brains on sticks, right? Church is more than a podcast. It's more than a YouTube video. We are the church. And there's something amazing that happens. I believe that when you wake your kids up in the morning and they're tired and they're sleeping and they're like, I don't want to go. But you're like, no, we're going to get up and we're going to go to church. And you get your Bible and you carry your Bible into church and you, you bring your kids in and they're all kicking and screaming and you were fighting on the way there and, you know, it felt like all hell was breaking loose. But you press in anyways and you're like, no, we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to go. There's something incredible happening in that moment that we don't really realize and I don't think we really give credit to. Rather than saying, no, today's going to be a day where we, well, let's just chill and watch. And there's nothing wrong with doing that every once in a while. I'm not, I'm not you know, downing online church by any means. You know, I'm just saying on a consistent basis, like we ought to desire to be a part, to say, I'm going to join in uh, with, with people. I'm going to come together and we're going to gather together as the church. And I think it's just, it's, there's disciplines going on with our kids when we do that. We're teaching them, we're training them. This is important to mom and dad to go to church. It's also important to you know, I, I remember growing up, I always watched my dad walk in when, when he would leave for church. He'd always grab a Bible. And I always thought, you know, we've got it on our phones. But it really stuck in my mind because it was like, no, it's important to me. I'm going I'm to carry this in with me. I'm going to take this. We're going to go. Come on, as a family, we're going to go. Doesn't matter if we're out of town, we're not missing. And those things are instilled, right? As a kid in your mind, you remember those things. But it's important as, as the fellowship of believers and coming together, it's so important that we do that. And that's what a loving church does, is we're there for each other. Let me just tell you, over, these, uh, over this last month, our church has demonstrated what a loving church looks like. I, I've seen, like, through, through posts you guys have put on, on Loop, different things I've just heard. Like, I, I remember a time in the church where 
a lot of the leadership would have to like drive and instill a lot of things like, hey, go do this for this person because they're out and we'd have to really ask for that. And now people just kind of roll their sleeves up and do it. It's incredible to see. Oh, they're not home. It's going to freeze. So let's go wrap their pipes for them so they don't have any water breaks. Like little things like that, man. It's just been such a blessing to see you guys do it. You just jump on And that's, that's a loving church. That's what a loving church does. It's, it's being the church, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Being there at the hospital when someone's in trouble. You show up just to be there to support and to pray. It's just been incredible to see. So they're a learning church. They're a loving church. Thirdly, we see that they're a miraculous church. And what do I mean by that, they're a miraculous church? It says that they saw many signs and wonders. Saw many signs and wonders. God was still working in them and working through them. That they were seeing miracles, the miracle power of God. Now, again, kind of something that we talked about earlier, I think, I think some people, their expectation is, okay, you know what? Every week, someone's going to stand up out of the wheelchair at that service, right? Here's the thing. I think sometimes we pass up and we miss on just the daily miracles the Lord is doing in our life. Like, we see the big things, and we're like, yeah, that's awesome. And I'll just tell you, we've seen the big things in this church, too, and we'll talk about those here in a second. But, but don't discount just the daily miracles that the Lord is doing in your life, just day in and day out. When you got up this morning, the things that you don't even realize, he's working together. Like you didn't go to that thing because the Lord knew you, you weren't supposed to go to that. He was his protection. Like, come on. There, 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 there is no telling the kind of protection that God has put on your life that you'll never know. Maybe one day when you see him, you'll know and you'll look back. And you go, oh, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for keeping me from doing that. Thank you for protecting me from taking that step there, right? But we've also seen God just do the miraculous here. We've had people come into this church uh, with, with cancer or a bad diagnosis. And they, they go back to the doctor. We pray, we believe, we do the thing that we're called to do. Or the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're not doing anything supernatural by laying hands. We're doing what God has asked us to do. And we're believing, we're standing in faith. And we've seen people prayed over here at this church who had a bad diagnosis like cancer and go to the doctor and say, we don't know what happened. It's nothing there. And we've seen those things happen. We've seen healing happen in this church. Traumatic brain injury, we've already seen in the life of this church this, this year. This month. I mean, we, we've seen, and there's, there's countless stories of different things and little miracles and things. That like, none of them are little. They're all God. They're all God. But not missing and not, not stepping past some of these day-to-day things that I think sometimes we, we so often forget. But they're a miraculous church. They, they acknowledged God in his healing power. They acknowledged him in those things. The thing you've got you've to be careful about is when uh, the church gets so you know, we're just going to, you know, we're, we're not going to believe for these things anymore. We're just going to, you know, what we see and go by sight. That's not how we're to operate, right? That's not where we're called to operate. We're called to operate by faith, right? And so we stand for that. So what you need to know is here at Velocity Church, if, if, if you're, you ever get a bad report, if you ever have any sickness or ever deal with anything like that, this church is going to pray for you. And we're going to believe that God is going to move, that God is going to heal you. We're going to stand on that boldly. And it's not by anything that we, we have. It's just by the power of the Holy Spirit that we say, we believe God. We believe that you're going to do this. Maybe you struggle with an addiction or something of that kind. 
We're going to pray over that with you. If you come down for prayer, we're going to believe that that's going to be bound in Jesus' name. And then we're going to help you walk through that. No matter what it is, like we believe in the power of prayer here. And we're going to be bold in that. Unapologetically bold in believing for that. So they're, they're a miraculous church. Fourthly, they were a generous church. And you see that so clearly here. Maybe that might be the first thing that stands out when you read through this passage. They were, they were generous. What, were they, what does it say they were doing? They were, they were setting aside, right? They were gathering, collecting all the proceeds. They were giving things away, distributing them to people in need within the house of the Lord, within the church. And they were, they were doing that for their church family. Generosity. This is a generous church. Velocity Church is a generous church. Not just financially, generous financially and also generous with time. Both. Let me just tell you, people at this church have given, have given above and beyond, given their time, given out of finances to make this thing happen. And it, it is, man, it's by the power of God. It's only by the power of God. But they're, they're a generous church. They help one another. They gather together. They give, they give their, their proceeds. They gather and, and they make sure that everybody's taken care of. Kind of like we were talking about earlier about, you know, folks in our church. Let me go, let me help you make sure your pipes are wrapped over at the house. And let me... All those little things, right? Loving and generous church. But that's what a spirit-filled church does. It's a generous church. It doesn't, it's not, and by the way, this isn't teaching, this passage is not teaching, oh, just give all of it away. There's, there's, you know, teaching that some people run again with these theologies and these teachings of, you know, poverty gospel teaching where it's like, you can't have anything at all. Like, you can't be blessed. Your kids can't have anything. You just give everything away. And that's not what this is teaching, right? This is not teaching that we all just, you know, pitch in and share one big, one big commune. How many of you are glad that's not how this, what this teaching? We're all going to share one big commune together. That's, no, it's not what this is teaching, okay? Um, but but what, it, what it is teaching is we are to give. We are to be generous. We are to give to the church. We are to give in our time. We are, and you guys do that. You serve Show up, man, it's just incredible to see. And then lastly, what I think we see here is that they're a growing church. A growing church. A spirit-filled church is a growing church. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean growing, yes, I mean growing spiritually, but also evangelizing and reaching other people. What does it say here at the end of the passage? It says, verse 47, they're praising God, having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. And we ought to have that same desire. Is this an exclusive club, social clique church? Nope, it's not. It's not this is not that place. This is not a place where we go, you know what, this is just, this is just our little team. You know, if you want to join our team, you better get in line. No, we're, we're a very open, love, like, Come on, you know, come in. Everybody's welcome here. We want you to feel a part. You know, one, one of the things that we were intentional about doing, and it's nothing, nothing, we don't have anything in particular against like formal membership at church, but if you notice and you come to our church, you're like, how do I become, we've had people ask, how do I become a member? And we've intentionally, as a church, uh, kind of, you know, structured it this way where we don't, we don't really do a formal membership like that. That's just not the process we take. 
uh, because we don't believe that signing a piece of paper or anything like that, there, there's really, there's really nothing. What we have more of a passion for, have a heart for is, hey, when you come, be a part, then serve, join, connect some way. Uh, how, how can I help? How can I get involved? Take a next step in the church. How can I join a team? How can I get involved? Where, where's there a need in the church? And, and that's, that's the kind of church we are. Nothing against membership or formal membership or anything like that, but part of being a growing church is doing what? It's evangelizing. And how many of you know it's not just leadership's job to do this? As a matter of fact, I would say it's primarily the job of the, of the flock, the job of the church to go out. That we're equipped, we're empowered, we are empowered here and equipped on Sunday mornings at the gatherings. But then we're to take this outside of these four walls and to reach people, the good news of Jesus. And that's what it's all about. This is an area I just felt like the Lord was telling me, this is an area we can grow in this year. Is, is having that boldness. And, you know, talk to the lessers about this too, is like, when I, you know, was younger, when I thought of a bold Christian, the first image that came to my mind was that guy on the side of the street with a big megaphone yelling, you know, you better repent! <laughs> Until I ran into one of those guys, and he was telling me, you better repent, you're going to hell. And I was like, whoa, bro, I don't even know you, man. What, where'd that come from? I literally, I was, at the time, I wasn't a pastor, but it's like, I, I lead on a worship team, man. What are you talking about? I'm going to hell. Like, just because I'm walking down the street, and I was so thrown by it. But just over time, like, in my life and in my growing and maturing, I've realized that, that that's not the primary place, although God can use that. He could use a big platform like that. He could, he could use a megaphone, I suppose, if he wanted to. But I think the primary place where evangelism is happening is your sphere of influence and wherever you're at. And God has put you in places to talk to people. And to, you don't have to be the Christian that's like, hey, by the way, yeah, you, know, you want to learn about Jesus? You want to know something about, like, you don't have to go at it that way. Just, you know, in time, just having conversations, let people know, like, where you stand on these things. Standing for the truth. Hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Hey, I'd love you to come out. We have this ladies' night out, right? And by the way, ladies, I would never say this because I'm not going to ladies' night out. I'm just, for the ladies, like, hey, we got this ladies' night out. It's fun. We gather together. We go eat at mariachis. You know, I'd love for you to come out. That's an attainable way for somebody to take a step and say, okay, I'm going to try. That's why we do those things. That's why we do ladies' nights. That's why we have a Guns and God life group, right? Everybody loves that, right? We're out at the shooting range, and some people, they love to just go out on the range and to shoot rifles and have a good time. It, it's a step that's easy for people to take and say, yeah, I'll go check that out. The, the days of people feeling super comfortable about coming into a big church or a gathering of a lot of people where they don't know anything, man, it, it's challenging to take that step for people. And so we're thinking of creative ways. At Velocity Church, how can, we, how can we do this? How can we make easy steps for people in this community and bring them to go, you know, I was never really, didn't want to go to a church, didn't want to do that, but I'll go check that out. So some of the things we're thinking through are starting some different interest groups and things like that. Maybe a group that goes and walks at Holt Park, you know, a weekly or something like that. And, and the church congregation, people in the body, leading those groups and doing that and discipling people. And it's, it's just a step and it's easy for people to say, yeah, I'm going to go join. Let, let me go check that out. And so those are some, in, uh, you know, exciting things that we have on the horizon. You'll be hearing a little bit more about as we kind of dig deeper into to that and, and how we can grow that. But what powers the whole engine is the Holy Spirit. 
You've heard us talk about this week in and week out. Man, I feel like, I feel like we've said this so often these last four weeks, but it's because it's so needed. If we don't carry an awareness that we can only do this by his power, then we're going to miss it. It's only through him. It's only being willing to say, Lord, use me. It's not crazy. It's not this wild experience you got to have. When I, say, when I say the Holy Spirit and by the power, don't think you got to have this wild experience that, that that's what that equates to. Just, Lord, use me. Use me in this church. How can I help? Use me in this community. What are you calling me to do? What steps can I take? How can I help? How can I be a part of what you want to do in Velocity Church? How can I be a part, Lord, of what you want to do in my life, what you're calling me to do, what you're leading me to do? So they're growing church, a learning church, but not just a learning church, but a loving church, miraculous church, a generous church, and a growing church. I want to pray with you here this morning. We're going to get ready to close and be dismissed. Maybe you're here today and this is new to you. Maybe it's new to you being in a church like this, or maybe you've been week in and week out, but you just feel a pressing on you right now to say, I need to take a step. Maybe the step for you today to take is to say, I want to accept Jesus. We do this every week at our church. We never want to miss out on opportunities for people to say, I want you, Jesus, to accept Jesus. And so maybe that's the step today. We want to pray with you. You say, well, how do I accept Jesus? You know, the Bible is it's very clear. Romans 10, 9, if you believe, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you believe in him, believe he died on the cross and rose again. You put your faith in him. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. It's a decision between you and God. And if you want to make that decision today, uh, we're going to pray a prayer here in just a moment. We'd love for you to pray along with us. We'll have the whole church body pray. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to accept Jesus today, would you just slip your hand up real quick? Would you just raise your hand and say, I want Jesus. I want to accept you, Lord. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else? Any other hands? I see your hand. Two hands. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. Church, would you... Uh, would everybody pray this with me, and you included here this morning. Let's receive Jesus here today. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Today is a new day. I believe that you died on the cross, and three days later, you rose again. I give you my life. I repent of my sins. I turn from my old ways, and I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.